welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper on KKNW. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuyper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you would like to call into the show, the show is now expanded to a full hour. We have time. We would love to hear from you. So you can call in at 425-373-5527. Again, let me say it again. 425-373-5527. Hello, Greg. Hello. I figured I'd get the number in there so that people could, like, get ready to call. Yeah. And we love to hear from folks. Well, and you know, we loved it when we heard from Jason last week. Yes. Um, you know, starting out a a marriage and planning. And it's nice when people call in and we can engage with them. Like it is. We got yeah. a um we'll be talking later about this. We got an um in comment or a question from somebody, and I get that people don't necessarily want to put themselves out there. Right. Um and so absolutely reach out to us. We are happy to connect with people however they want. However, I know you really love engaging with people so that you can really go back and forth with them. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I get an email, it, it's more like answering a question, giving right. advice, you know. And therapists don't normally just give advice, you know. It's more more of a give and take. Right. It's the. I mean, I can give advice, but. It's just, you know, and and everybody's so unique. I mean, that's why, like, therapists, especially these days, therapists, counselors, coaches, you know, it's like, it's a, there's, everybody could use one. Everybody could use one these days. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, every person's um, situation is unique. And so when they have a question, to not be able to go back and forth to get more to sort of round it out, I think, must be tricky. Context. Yeah, context. That's the word. So anyway, so we definitely encourage you to to call in. Um, you know, there's a certain doctor-patient confidentiality thing that you don't have to give your name. You could call in and be like, "Hey, it's uh, Superman," right? There I mean, we don't care. Whatever your uh, your name is, we'll hide it. Um, so again, four two five three seven three five five two seven. A reminder that if you want to learn more about Greg, you can go to his website, which is KuiperCounseling.com. There you can contact him, send the email mm-hmm. with your question, your inquiry, um, your comment. You can also find past episodes of At The Root. You can find other resources and a link to Greg's YouTube channel, which is called Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. And not only are there... Uh, videos of some of these podcasts. It's something that Greg's been doing now. Uh, You'll also find awareness and breathing exercises, which are so helpful. Yeah, we're just getting started on that channel. But uh, we have uh, started um, placing videos of these podcasts on there, So of these radio shows. It's nice to put a a face and a voice together and, you know, as a... If, If you like to watch my animated face. I like it when... You are like, wait, where's this and where's that? And, you know, I get to sit and watch it all the time, and I think it's awesome. Um, and I like that I'm not in it. I'm like well, the we voice. Can fix that. No, no, no. 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 Okay. I like being the voice from beyond. There you go. There's mystery. Mystery. 
Um, anyway, so the other thing is if you want to uh, make it really easy for yourself, just email Greg at connectionthroughawareness at gmail.com. So last week. Right. Last week, you the title of the episode was, Do I Really Have to Go There? Yeah. We were talking about dealing with our emotional wounds from the relational trauma from the past, right, after we've after we've discovered that we have these illusions and they're they're causing troubles in our lives and the, and that the they're a resultant from um, relational trauma, emotional wounds. And is it enough that we can realize there were wounds? Yes, and and whatever. I had a uh, a rough relationship with my father or my mother as a child. Uh, yep, that was it. Now let's move on and and change our lives and whatever. And I, and to me, we need to do a lot more than that. We need to look at those wounds and what they were, where they came from, mm-hmm. uh, and address them with um, kindness, compassion, forgiveness. Uh, that's the way we move on. Right. Yeah. The thing so that's that... where we are now. We're getting started in that healing journey, I call it. Which is huge. Now, I will say that uh, after last week's episode, the thing that really stuck with me is you had posed the question, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course, Mm -hmm. that, you know, when we talk about these wounds uh, of our, you know, younger self, inner child, core, true self is what you refer to it as. Mm -hmm. Um, So if that's the part that was wounded, Mm -hmm. you ask the question, who applied the bandages? Right. And that kind of blew my mind. Uh, just this idea that, you know, wait, like I'm this young, pure thing that has never encountered adversity, and yet there's something that... There's a part of us, I think, right? We talked about that a little bit. We're going to get into that in the future episodes here. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, there, are, there are parts of us that are doing their best to keep us rolling keeping us going, keeping us protected, keep us safe, mm-hmm. um, and uh, identifying those parts help us to deal with the wounds. And uh, I don't want to talk too much about it right now, but yeah. we're going to go there. We no, are, I thought it was yeah. It was very interesting. And I, you know, that it is a journey. And you also shared a mantra of sorts uh, to use as a reminder for people as they're on this journey um, about being a masterpiece in the making, basically. Yeah, yeah. I am a work of art rather than I'm a mess or whatever you're telling yourselves. I am a work of art transitioning to a masterpiece. You know what's interesting? My mother used to say to me, you're a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And so, like, I have a negative connotation with, like, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, twist right. of it, it's like you are a piece of work. Right. And, you know, it. I never quite knew if that – it was a complisult. It was like yeah, an okay. insult <laughs> like rolled into a compliment. Right. So yeah. – but I, I get what you're saying A little bit that. of gaslighting there or something, right? Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> like definitely – But, you know, you know we, we, we have such negative self-talk that we don't even hear most of the time. And um, – uh, just replacing that with more positive statements 
especially as you're looking at these moons. I am a work of art. I am in progress to a masterpiece. That is important. Well, and, you know, and what you're going to be talking about today is, you know, the journey and that it's in process. It's it's a process. And I really appreciate the fact that uh, when you talked about this, it's not just great. It's wonderful that we acknowledge that we were wounded, right? And it's wonderful that, you know, we're sort of like, okay, if this, then that, that's great too. And yet there's more to the work. And I think last week I used the analogy of, you know, okay, so let's say you have an addiction issue. Mm -hmm. Great. You've acknowledged that you're an addict. But then it's like saying, yep, so that's the hard work. I acknowledge that I have a problem. But then you choose to not do anything about it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, So now we need to head out on this journey. Um, right. Do you want well, to take a a really quick break so that before we head on the journey, we don't have to, like, yeah. stop? Let's do that. Let's you know, do it's that. like stopping at a restroom. We'll come back and talk. <laughs> yeah. Come back and talk about intentions today. Okay, great. Keep listening to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. We will be right back after this short message. Sometimes psychotherapy is not enough to get to the root of our illusions. Hypnotherapy with licensed practitioner Annette Kuyper of Solid Insight can help. With hypnotherapy, it's possible to tap into what's beneath our layers of protection and resolve the illusions that stop us from accomplishing what we want. Hypnotherapy is a safe state of relaxed calm coupled with elevated mental awareness that allows for a deeper dive into our subconscious. Led by Annette, it's about understanding and loving ourselves and creating a deeper connection with others. Learn more about Annette at SolidInsightNow.com. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But At The Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuyperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Before the break, we talked about starting on our healing journey. So we decided to stop at the uh, restroom. Yeah, there you go, before we <laughs> got sorts, started. Of sorts, metaphorically, yeah, right, right. before we head out on the journey. So <laughs> I've got my snacks and um, I am ready to go. We're in the car. We're ready to go. All right. So yeah. let's start. Well, you know, this. This healing journey that we've been talking about is 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 just that it's it's a lifelong trip, lifelong journey of of learning about 
ourselves and become better better at what we do, uh, expanding our consciousness, our awareness, and the energy frequency that we vibrate at every day to higher levels. That's, uh, you know, some people call it enlightenment, empowerment, whatever, but that's, that's the healing journey. And to start off with, we, we, especially after we've, uh, you know, we've looked through our difficulties and relationships and we aren't kind of realize that we're not getting anywhere in life uh, continuing to live in our illusions that we've talked about. And, and, and there we find kind of a pseudo sense of safety, right, in these illusions. Don't mess with it. Seems to be working. Right. You know. If it ain't broke, it don't fix it. Yeah, right. And, and, and the more we exist in the illusions, the more we keep getting these, these messages, right, kind of incessant messages to get real with our lives. So we perceive negative things happening to us, right? Relationships breaking up, health issues, losing a job, overindulgence, boredom, lack of motivation. And we resort to the old standby when these things happen to us, shame. And we victimize ourselves. And then we're in rut. We're in the stuck in the rut. But through our work with awareness, we are finding a new perception, right, where we realize that the illusions aren't offering any safety. They are setting us up firmly in stagnation, the same old place. Treading water. Treading water. There you go. The negative experiences happening are simply telling us that our lives aren't working. We are not vibrating on a frequency of energy that can bring growth of any kind, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. We're just, we're just not growing in those areas. So we can move towards authentic empowerment if we are aware of our perceptions and focus on the ones that bring to us in every situation the highest frequency currents of energy, right? have a thought on this yeah. that you're saying the when you talk about how the negative experiences happening are telling us that our lives are not working i love that it's our lives are not working it's not that we're not working right right so we immediately go to that negative self talk mm-hmm. and that shame that you're talking about and this reminds me of i went and i tried out uh kickboxing because mm. i thought I have a lot of anger. I'm a middle-aged woman. <laughs> this seems like it will be a perfect thing. It did not go well. <laughs> uh, and for a whole bunch of reasons. And my point in sharing this is that my immediate response to it not going well was that this shame of, well, it's because I'm lazy and because like I haven't been doing exercise and I'm mm. weak and you know, blah, 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 versus... This is not making me happy. This is not giving me energy. This is taking energy. And there are other types of exercise that I am going to be more aligned with. Right. And that it's not that I'm not working. It's that it's not working for me. Right. There you go. The reframe, right? Yep. You didn't fail. Just needed the reframe. Yeah. So there's an example. And when we talk about these the highest frequency currents of energy, right? When I said that, with all these situations that we find ourselves in, what we're talking about there is 
is emotions, really. Emotions are energy, right? Mm -hmm. And so the higher frequency of emotions are things like compassion and gratitude, kindness, love, uh, gratitude. Um, and, And if we continue to exist in a rut where we are living with the lower frequency emotions, energy, lower frequency energy, which are the emotions of, you know, anger, hatred, uh, jealousy, um, shame, guilt, uh, resentments, all of those things. If we exist down there, we are going to have a long ways to go to get up to these higher frequencies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at the heart of all this is the awareness of our unconscious programming, the autopilot we've talked about, the one that's running the show for us. This is our personality that we've created over the years. And the world in which we live in has been created unconsciously and mostly without the input of who we really are, our true self. That inner part of us with the energy of consciousness that exists at the highest frequencies, right? Love, compassion, gratitude, kindness, forgiveness. Over the course of our lives, many of us did not receive the confirmation and affirmation of those masterful energies of connection. But instead, we were handed energies of hate and anger, guilt, shame, jealousy. And these are the emotions that became affirmed over and over through the woundings of relational trauma. We bandaged the wounds with coping skills, defensive behaviors, and we crafted this fantasy land illusion to con ourselves into believing everything's okay. And then we come to the awareness that in order to change all this, we need to reconnect with that true self. The inner part of us radiating with those energies of personal and interpersonal connection. We barricaded that part of us behind a secure door of protection for those energies. And and it's not as simple as just throwing open the door with a big smile and saying, hey, come on in, sure, missed you. (laughs) Meanwhile, like that inner self is like, I have this vision of like when you've been in the dark and you have to adjust to the light and it's like, (laughs) ah, I don't know. (laughs) Right. I don't know if I can trust this. Like what's going on? Well, and, and the door doesn't open with thoughts or rationalizations or promises. It opens with a new understanding and connection with the very energies that we've stashed behind it. So how does that work? Love, compassion, gratitude, kindness, and forgiveness. This understanding, this revelation just doesn't open the door. It disintegrates it. The door vanishes, and there we are with these kind of energies. The understanding that allows this to happen comes from healing our emotional wounds, and that's why we have to go there. How can we introduce ourselves to these higher frequencies without moving through them? We can't, right? We we can't just say, I know love, right? (laughs) Or I know compassion. Maybe if I 
Is there an app for that? No. <laughs> no apps for that. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm just saying it's the knee-jerk response, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Let, let me Google that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> so we begin the healing journey with removing the bandages carefully. We don't want to risk making the wound worse by ripping them off, right? Through patience, presence, practice, and positive thinking, we learn what to do with the bandages. These are the P's. There you go. The coping skills and defensive behaviors are the bandages, and we learn what to do with them. Remember, this is a journey, a lifelong journey, like we talked about, of discovery and healing and growth. So learning about the bandages helps us to remove them. They've existed in the unconscious realm of our personality for a long time. So now we bring them into our present awareness and use whatever resources we have available to remove them from the wounds without further harm, additional wounding. This journey is not easily undertaken. What, what we pack with us on this journey, right, is not armor and weapons, but curiosity and wonder. And intention. Intention is the way you set your motivation to engage in a certain activity in a certain way, says Dan Siegel, interpersonal neurobiologist and author, someone I admire very much. Intention is the way you set your motivation to engage in a certain activity in a certain way. So we're setting our motivation. Well, and maybe you'll be able to, I feel like I've read before or heard before that even if you set an intention about, you know, different scenarios, right? How mm-hmm. I'm going to react if this happens or how I'm going to react when that happens, that by exploring different scenarios and setting an intention around them, when they happen, you are more likely to respond than in a, um, in an, let's call it a an action versus a reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, that's it. It's, it. So whether it's like the baby's crying and so you set the intention of like, okay, yes, you're tired. How are you going to respond to this? Or, right. you know, um, my is my spouse going to ask me how my day was and how am I going to respond to that? And right. running through various scenarios. Without intention, we are reacting. But right? that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the difference. We're, we're responding with reactions. Another scientist and author, David Dawkins, tells us intention sets up priorities and hierarchies of values that energize one's efforts. Once again, motivation, energize one's efforts. Every action, thought, and feeling is motivated by an intention. Conscious or unconscious, right? I mean, doesn't mean... Intentions motivate us, and they can be unconscious. Mm-hmm. I work with clients that sometimes they express an intense lack of motivation. I hear things like, I have no motivation to do anything. Many times through you know probing together, we find that 
the only intention they have in the present time is to just get through another day. Well, I guess they are. Mm-hmm. That's their intention. Okay, I have a question about this, a sidebar sure. question. Sidebar. Good thing we have a full hour now. Because, <laughs> again, I make it about me. Well, and others like me. So for me and others like me who are ADHD people, so motivation is tricky for us because mm-hmm. we don't generate the thing in our brain that is like, if this, then that, right? Like we don't, we're not motivated by the sense of completion or the, you know, the mental pat on the back. Um, we, we just don't have that. And so um, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I've uh, been chatting with this woman. Uh, she's a, um, nurse practitioner and she specializes in, in ADHD and, you know, and she talks about this like between the, the dopamine that we have and just the parts of our body. So this intention piece, it's hard as somebody with ADHD that I have an intention mm-hmm. and so often I fall short of my intention because you lose focus of it. I lose focus. Right. So that's tricky. It's very tricky. I mean, and I get what you're saying, but I'm like, okay, great. So, like, now I got an extra, an extra hurdle to like get through. Okay, that's just a little rant. Well, no, but it's it's very, um, very real for those that um, deal with ADHD. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have all the intentions in the world, right? And and even some motivation to do that, and then the focus drifts off somewhere else, and and you know, it's. It's a thing. And so many of us, we actually think about a lot of these things and it's almost like think about it as a homework assignment, right? You're mm-hmm. given a homework assignment to write a paper and you do a lot of the work up front in your head. And so like we've written the paper in our head and then all of a sudden the due date looms and we haven't actually done it. And obviously the intention's there, but we've also sort of done it already. Right. So it's tricky. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> just a little, a little pullback of the curtain into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Siegel says intention is setting a mental state that shapes the direction and quality of the patterns of energy and information that are most likely to arise. So we're setting a mental state, and it's kind of shaping where we're going, right? Um, I, think, I think the key operating word here is setting a mental state. Setting directly implies there's a choice, Mm -hmm. right? But if we are operating from our unconscious personality, we don't see the choice. We are reacting from unconscious intentions, and these unconscious intentions determine the experiences that will be created next. Author Gary Zukoff tells us in his book, The Seat of the Soul, that... The world in which we live has been created unconsciously by unconscious intentions. Wait, ain't that the truth? Yeah. Every intention sets energy into motion whether you are conscious of it or not. You create each moment. Think about that. You create each moment, consciously or unconsciously. So what do you want to create today, right? Wow, yeah, okay. In our existence, we find 
cause and effect, right? Generally, Mm -hmm. cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Any experience we have results in another experience, an effect. Cause, effect. Action, reaction. Basically, yeah. One exists with the other. So if every action, thought, and feeling is motivated by an intention, and that intention is a cause that exists as one with an effect, then if we participate in the cause, it's not possible for us to not participate in the fact, in the effect, quoting well, Gary Zuko, right? Makes sense? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yes. Gary, come but, on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gary, it, like, I mean, so let me let me try to figure this out. So um, if every action is motivated by an intention. Everything, yes. And the intention is. Is the cause, right? Yeah. The intention is the cause, right? Yep. And. Because every cause has an effect. Right. That's what we're saying here. Then if we participate in that cause, there is going to be an effect. It is, it is not po- possible for us to not participate in the effect. So if our intention is that, uh, if we're a cranky driver and our intention is that when we drive today, mm-hmm. I am not going to get stressed and angry, mm-hmm. that... I need to just chill, right? Mm-hmm. So the cause of that then is that that's your intention. That's, that's the my cause. Intention. So that's the cause, and so then the effect is I don't flip as many people the bird. Right. I'm not as stressed. My <laughs> blood pressure doesn't go up, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. That's okay, and that's, which is then putting positive energy out into the world, and yeah. suddenly there's probably less annoying drivers. Yes, because it probably turns out I'm the annoying driver. Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we're held responsible for every action, thought, and feeling, which is to say for every intention, right? Every action, thought, and feeling is an intention. It would seem that it would pay for us to become aware of all the intentions that inform our experience, figure out which intentions produce the best effects, and then to choose the intentions based on the effects we would like to have. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's not. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, because, like, when you say it like that, like, duh, if this, then that. Right. Cause, effect. Right. Remember in our discussion about neuroplasticity, we talked about that, we found that when our brain cells, our neurons, fire together, they wire together, creating neural networks from our experiences. Mm-hmm. Pathways, you called them. Right. As you recall, this neural firing is created from where we place our attention. This is when the neural connection grows into a network. Wherever we place our attention, those neural networks are growing. So if we put sun and nourishment on those seeds, they grow. But right. if we put them in the shade and we don't nourish them, then they die in the vine. Okay, I'll go with that. Thank attention. You. Yep. So, so where does our attention come from? Intention. Intention determines where our attention goes, right? We set an intention, and that's where our attention goes. 
We have a thought. That's where our attention goes. We have it's a manifesting. feeling. That's where our attention goes, right? Intention acts like a mental vector, a kind of funnel, if you will, as it sets a particular direction for energy and information to flow. That comes from Dr. Siegel. But intention points us, right? Like GPS, the little blue, little okay. blue uh, pyramid that turns, right? It shows okay. us which way to go. It's a mental vector, a funnel, as it sets a particular direction for this energy to flow. Your intention sets the direction of attention and connection. Your intention sets the direction of attention, right? And that attention creates connection. Creates connection. Not only then with others and yourself, but also those neural pathways that you're talking about. Right. All day long, we make decisions in the forms of attitudes about ourselves and others, right? I mean, we just, attitudes. Totally. Judgments, attitudes, whatever you want to call them. We make decisions in the form of attitudes. We are making decisions continuously, and our experiences at each, at each moment are created by them, right? Those, those decisions are creating uh, intentions. Mm-hmm. Like the driving, the driving situation, right? right? So when you talk about the, we make a decision in the form of an attitude. So I see a driver that swerves into my lane and my attitude is that oh, stupid driver. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that maybe that person, something's going on or whatever, right. but I've made my judgment. We make choices and often they don't affect immediate change, but through our feelings, they bring the change into awareness. And as we make these decisions consciously, our attitudes come to reflect our decisions, right? So, so Gary says, eventually, the deepest decision-making processes with you become aligned with what you choose consciously, just as they are aligned before you choose awareness with what you choose unconsciously. That makes sense? Yes, but I got to tell you, this is not light reading, Gary. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so the the those deepest decisions that you're making, right? Um, they become aligned with what you choose consciously. Yep. Right. They're they're the processes become aligned with what you choose consciously. So then, eventually, your unconscious is almost like trained. Well, and so at the same time, these Deep, deep decision-making processes are aligned with what we choose unconsciously, too, mm-hmm. right, if we're not in awareness. So we're basically creating awareness as our autopilot. That's what we want to do. There you go. You got it. Look at me! Functioning on autopilot in our unconscious program, as we do much of the time, means much of our words and behaviors are reactions. Reactions express unconscious intentions. And as with conscious intentions, they determine our next experiences. So we are living day to day in an existence created unconsciously by unconscious intentions. As Gary says, every intention sets energy into motion, whether you are conscious of it or not. 
you create each moment. When we bring consciousness of our true self into the intention-setting process, instead of our personality, right, we create a reality reflecting that true self rather than the autopilot. Does that make sense? So, so when we bring into consciousness that inner true self. Mm-hmm. The one and, before and the wounds happened, the one that's like... The, that, that high energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. When we bring into consciousness that and we use it in the intention-setting process instead of our personality, the unconscious autopilot, we are able to create a different reality. That's what we're saying here. I like that. So here we are, back to our true self from where we started at the beginning here, finding consciousness of our true self to become part of making our intentions. So, but we've still got this true self locked up, right? Our newfound awareness is allowing us to stand before that door right now with intention. Okay, so now we're going back to that door to true self. And we're standing right in front of it, and we've got intention now. All right. So we're not just flinging it open willy-nilly. We have created an intention in awareness, and this will also influence what will become intention out of awareness. Oh. Yeah. That's it will deep. influence. Yeah. Dr. So, Siegel says this creates a state of mind that can be present without our conscious effort. And that's when we start to to build a trait, you know, an automatic trait. This how a repeated, purposefully created state of mind. During a practice, right? We're practicing this. Mm-hmm. It becomes an automatic trait in our lives. So that's how we change to uh, functioning from a conscious awareness intention from a personality-driven unconscious intention. When that state, that mind state, is one of kindness and compassion, that trait is one of connection. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. It is. I mean, this is this is deep stuff. That Gary Zukov is like, like I said, it's not like Fifty Shades of Grey. No. Um, <laughs> however, it shows how many shades of grey are unconscious, unconsciences, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So weird. We have an intention to move our intentions to conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. Conscious thought and awareness rather than the unconscious awareness of the autopilot. Right. I love this part where you say so creating an intention. In awareness, so you're in this place of awareness and you set this intention, it means that it then influences um, down the line what will become an intention that we make out of awareness. Right. Right, because we're, this, this is what 
as we practice that intention and how to get it, it's going to become more automatic, automatic, and automatic. So our new autopilot at some point is going to be forming, right? Right. It becomes a verb. It becomes a verb. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. Like, because, you know, awareness is like, so you create this ver- um, this intention in awareness, which I would say is like a state of being, right? Yes, so almost is. like a noun. Yes. Um, and then what happens is you then have an intention out of awareness. Like it's that verb. Right. Hmm. Right. And that's, that's kind of what, that's, that's what we want to do with these intentions is find that conscious awareness with our intentions and that so that we can set them from the place of compassion, love, kindness, gratitude, forgiveness, right? Our true self, which we've got to open up the door on here, right? Mm -hmm. Or dissolve that door and bring it out into the open and that will help us to heal these wounds. Mm-hmm. Right? We can't just heal the wounds without opening that door. Right. And there's there's a a secret handshake or a password <laughs> or whatever, right, with the door. Like you can't just barge in. Like you've right. got to, you know, kind of romance yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's a state of mind that we need to put ourselves in. Right. you got to love yourself. Right. There you go. Um. Okay. Right. I, I'm sure that you have more that you can say on this. However, I say That's let's enough let today. that absorb for today. And yeah. then we did have um, a – I had a conversation with someone earlier and uh, in the week, and oh. they were like, hey, ask this question. Okay. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'm going to ask that question. Sounds like so a plan. So keep listening to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. We'll be right back. Too many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past. Lack of connection, unhappiness, shame, and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds. Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuiper at KuiperCounseling.com. That's KuiperCounseling.com. Asking questions is better than making assumptions, such as the premise of my show, Stacy Connects, a show about making connections through conversation. I welcome a diverse assortment of guests to chat about topics and ideas that are sometimes educational, sometimes inspirational, a little personal, and always entertaining. Every week, I draw out and befriend the elephant in the room so listeners can connect with the unexpected. Listen live Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on Alternative Talk, 1150 KKNW. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. And want to remind people that if you're tuning in for the first time, this is a lot of material. And to give you context, you can go to... uh, hypercounseling.com and you can listen to past episodes of At The Root. You can also go to Greg's YouTube channel. 
uh, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. And there is so much information here. And uh, it is fascinating. Mm. And it is heady stuff. So it's my job to fold in the light. It's like a cake, right? It's a dense cake. There you go. So I just fold in the egg whites. Um, <laughs> what can I say? I I was a baker at one, kind, at one point. Okay, so here is the situation. I was having uh, lunch with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and they're going through their own journey of starting to, or they have been, exploring these bandages that you're talking about uh, mm-hmm. in addition to uh, the wounds or the trauma that we all experience. They additionally had a an incident that was, by anyone's definition, it would be described as a uh, traumatic event. And so, since that event, uh, almost almost ten years ago, uh, they've been processing with help mm-hmm. and village and therapists and all these kinds of things. And they are really have made tremendous uh, breakthroughs and strides with the whole process. And what's happening, though, is their speed with which they're dealing with this and then their spouse's speed Mm. Mm -hmm. is different. And not only the speed with which they're dealing with some of these things, but the need. So my friend, she has found that it's really important for her to explore these things. Her husband, Mm -hmm. who also happens to be an emergency responder, Mm. he does not feel Mm -hmm. that he needs to dwell on these things. Mm -hmm. So in his mind, I think that's like that's the crux of the language right there. Right. So she's exploring in an attempt to heal and he sees it as dwelling. And then you can't move on. Right. So there's not really a question in here, per se. It's more of a. You know, what happens when, you know, these are two people that absolutely adore each other mm-hmm. and yet it is creating a bit of a disconnect in that how they can sort of be on parallel paths and still connect. Right. And, you know, that is not allowing, not allowing, yeah, not allowing that deeper attunement in their relationship to happening. It's just not quite there, right? Because that attunement is the uh, reciprocal exchange of vulnerabilities, sensitivities, and, and information, right? And if, if one of us in the relationship feels like that they can't share those vulnerabilities mm-hmm. or they won't, then that deeper Emotional connection, attunement for the relationship is just out of reach. Right. Just hanging there, kind of waiting. They love each other, but it's out of reach a little bit. And this, you know. Well, this is a tricky one because given the work that he does. Right. When, you know, you're a first responder. um, In his case, he's a firefighter. Uh And... So the things that you see, you must have to disassociate yourself a bit to protect yourself, right? right. You probably don't want to share it with mm-hmm. your spouse. You know, you don't want to bring your home, your, your job home. It's not, there's probably not 
a lot of calls for there's a cat stuck in the tree versus like my house is burning down, right? Yeah, I see. I see a number of first responders. I do, and I actually see a number of first responders and their wives, and it's very hard. I mean, um, some of the stories I hear, I I don't even want to hear. I mean, it's you know, right. I'm a therapist. I listen, but it's it's hard sometimes, and of course, you know, something like that happens during your day, and um, do you take that home to your family? You right. Know? I mean, how, how, how do you not share that? Many of them, I find, um, share them with their comrades, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they were there together. Yep. You know, there can be that, that comforting and that crying and whatever. Um, or they'll share it with their therapist, mm-hmm. you know. Hopefully they have therapy or counseling at, at work to help with that. Mm-hmm. But so many times I hear this, especially in the relationship counseling I'm doing, where the, 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 one, the partner that's not a responder mm-hmm. feels so left out. Mm-hmm. And, and, even shut down in their sharing, right? Mm-hmm. So not only is it they're not getting the sharing from their spouse, but they can't even share their deepest emotional uh, uh, feelings, their, their, their experiences, because the first responder has a tendency to, to move on. Right. Right. It's like minimize... Com- well, and, or and you can understand why. Yeah, you can sure. understand why. But but it's 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 not helping them or the relationship. Right. And a lot of times this comes from I find a lot of, of folks like this are in um uh have had relational trauma in the past or emotional uh, disconnect in the past, mm-hmm. right? And so they've learned over the years especially back then and even now, to, to you know, uh, it's best we don't feel these feelings. we got to move on. we got to keep going. Right. got to keep going. Tomorrow's right. another day. We've got people day. to save. We've got cats right. to get out of trees, homes yeah, to yeah. protect. I wish it was that simple. But, <laughs> you know, and, and if what I encourage them to work on together is, is sh- not sharing the details. Mm-hmm. And there's, why share the details? Right. If you can just hold somebody, cry on their shoulder, whatever, that connection can happen, and that's what's so important, right? And at the same time, it, we have to be able to validate those feelings, each other back and forth, mm-hmm. right, to know that you're being heard and, and felt, feeling felt. Mm-hmm. Very important. We've talked about that. Um, well, I think about, uh, you know, I don't know if this is the case for my friend. I know that once I started exploring my feelings uh-huh. and I would share them with my husband and I would, you know, like, OK, now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. Now you share. And, you know, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, and right. 
so then you sort of feel like, you know, you've gone through all this work and you're doing all this work and it's like, are you a monster? Are you unfeeling? Right. You know, like, why can't you feel this? And well, because, again, they've got reasons and whatever it is. And I imagine in, in the case of first responders um, and other such jobs, the details, you're protecting your family, right? You Your job is to serve and protect. So you're going to protect your family from those details. And yet there is something those few times that Pete has been really vulnerable with me and, you know, cried or really expressed these feelings of genuine joy or upset or grief or whatever it is, it has been like a gift that yeah, I am like, wow. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. And that yeah. thing that he's so afraid to to do, I'm like, I recognize what a huge gift that it is. Well, you know, and, and there's a lot of layers to this, too. I mean, these first responders, I mean, they're there together for days, right, mm-hmm. generally, right? It's not an eight-to-five job. Right. Monday through Friday. They're there for, a, you know, period of time, and then they, they're able to go home. And so during that period of time they're there, they're able to process as much as they can with their comrades, mm-hmm. maybe with the counselor. Uh, and and by the time they go home, it's like, I can't think about this anymore. Right. You know, I just, I need to, I need to, to move on. And, and then that leaves their spouse out of it because they know something's wrong. I mean. Right. So maybe it's just, a, you talk about bids for connection and, you know, obviously right. we can't solve for this. Maybe it's just a hug. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just a like an exhale and a hug that would make the the non-responder feel like, hey, like I can say to my friend and maybe give her, as you say, advice because right. she's not here to speak to it. Um, but, you know, just the the exhale and the hug right. so that she, it's a nonverbal uh, like, yep, it was a long day. Yes, and and to be able to also tune in to the non-responder partners' feelings and emotions when they're wanting to share, mm-hmm. and that's sometimes the hardest part because we block that out now, right? And let's just move on, and we go into that fix-it mode, right? And and that can really um, this this is a, a multi-layered discussion. Especially with first responders, it's uh, it is uh, what a admirable job oh, they do. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. It's yeah, it is tremendous. I mean, between you know people yeah. that serve in the military and first responders, it's a lot, and we owe a debt of gratitude to them and their families who are impacted by this. So, uh, luckily, there are people like Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling <laughs> who can you know help work through some of uh, these things. So. Um, we're, of course, almost out of time. So I yes. do want to re- remind people that you can connect with Greg through KuiperCounseling.com. You'll find his YouTube there, a contact, past episodes, etc. Greg, take us out. Everybody, just stay aware out there. See you next week.